Hello and welcome to the Happy Author Podcast with me, Dorothy Coombson. I'm a multi-award winning best-selling author and I'm here to help demystify the publishing world for anyone who writes books, wants to write books or just has a love and passion for books. On today's podcast, I speak to Headline Books' Senior Production Manager, Tina Paul. What's a production manager, you might ask? Well, she's the person who helps turn that manuscript your favourite author has just delivered to their editor into an e-book or physical book for you to buy. Tina works at Headline, who are my publishers, and in this chat she helps explain the whole process of producing a book and what it's like for her to work with me on my novels. As I said, without Tina and the production department, books and e-books and audiobooks wouldn't happen, and here she explains why. Hi, Tina. Your job title is... Senior Production Controller. Okay. And do you work for just Headline or do you work for all divisions? I work predominantly for Headline. So, and then I do a little bit of work for Hachette Island because they don't have a production department. Okay. So I just help, help them out with their production on books. But yeah, um, 99% will be Headline. Okay. And just to explain to people, Hachette is like a big parent company and inside Hachette there are several different they call them divisions but they're almost like little companies so they don't really interact with other people with other companies but they're all together or in the same building um well they used to be now everyone's at home Mm. but they used to be all in the same building but they were kind of next to each other weren't they so you work for Headline who are my current publishers for my last two books Yep. So um, I work for Headline. Um, we do actually work, even though the company's other divisions operates, you know, separately and we've got a federal structure, we actually sit with Quirkus Production and then we work um, quite closely, like on a social level with like some of the other divisions who are, you know, like upstairs and in various parts of the building. So we do work with each other and like, you know, share supplier details and talk about production things together. So you do work with the other divisions we work on our own book so i would only work on headline they wouldn't work on any of my titles but like you know we celebrate birthdays together we talk about you know at a group level um in terms of like paper supply and things like that there's certain things that are done at group level for the business in a production from the production point of view so they wouldn't work on any of my titles and i wouldn't work on any of their titles but at at a certain level we do have lots of interaction and socialize so what is actually your job? Because it's one of those jobs where people don't actually know it exists. But if it wasn't for you, books wouldn't exist because you deal with all the stuff that gets it from being a Word document, say, that I've just written, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so for when I finished All My Lives Are True, for example, mm-hmm. and I sent it in and it's been worked on by my editor and the copy editor who's checked everything and then it's sent off to production and people don't realize that it is sent off to production and then there's you're the reason why it ends up on the shelves so could you explain what your job actually is so I think you've got quite a good understanding so once it's once your manuscript's been copy edited it'll come into production and so what that actually means is, um, so like Katie Sundley, who's the editorial assistant on your books, she'll give me some prelims and then she'll give you me your manuscript that's been copy edited. And then we will send it to a typesetter who will change it from looking like a Word document. They'll turn it into a PDF, set the text on each page. How the book looks inside, yeah. Yes, yeah, so exactly. So the text, how the text would look in a book once you open it, as opposed to a flowing Word document. 
um, and then that would come back to us and then um, Katie will get sent off to a proofreader, gets proofread, she collects all the collections, comes back to me. If we're in the office, I would then physically scan in your corrections at a printer and then um, send those off to the uh, typesetter again and then basically back and forth, back and forth until we've got the text final and approved by editorial and by yourself. And then that would be when hopefully we'd be ready to print. So kind of key to my role is keeping everyone to their deadlines and letting them know what those deadlines are. So um, like, you know, when you have a publication date, first thing someone will ask me is, you know, what are the deadlines? When does this need to be into production? When, do, when are we going to print? Is, a, is, an, is when we're working up to the wire? <laughs> when are we going to print? So um, like, again, with a cover, your cover came in for wet proofing uh, last week. And so hopefully the wet proof will be in, I think it's on coming in Friday. That's the that's the paperback cover because we've changed the cover. The, for All My Lies Are True, the mm. um, paperback cover is different to the hardback cover. So we've had to go through all the rigmarole of making it the right size and looking right. And mm -hmm. there's been a lot of back and forth between me and the editorial department. And yeah. that's been sent to you to make it to a nice looking, looking like it was with when it's a book. Yep. So um, we part of my role is on certain books, we get them wet proof. So when there's complex finishes on a cover, we like to see what it looks like before we actually send it to print. So we did that on your, we did that on your hardbacks and your paperbacks. So then, you know, you know exactly what it's going to turn out like if anyone's not happy with the color or anything, you know, it can be modified at that stage. Um, so I'd say from your point of view, it will be the deadline part of keeping everyone on track. So letting know letting design and editorial know what the deadlines are for time kind of like project managing the book in a way so um and then another aspect of my role is a lot of it's doing things to budget and costing things up so um, we'll have monthly sign-off meetings and then I'll be like there's various editions of the book and you know just put all the numbers in and make sure obviously it's a profitable book and editorial put all their costs in design put all their costs in and you know make sure we're making a healthy profit for you and for us yeah so that's that's the thing I think people don't realize that not only that your job exists but also everything costs money so you know when they're kind of going oh what I want that book for 99p it's mm -hmm. like this book costs this much to make so and we've all got to make sure that everybody gets paid the printers the typesetters everybody yeah. and all the people employed by the publishers so it's kind of it's all important that it's that you know that everything is paid for and yeah of course and I think often when you say you work in production the first thing people say is oh you work in a factory and I was like <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like there's people that work in you know in the printers to make the book but I don't physically do that I kind of more of the liaison with the printer so I'll send the actual order to the printer and then when you have all the specifications of the book um I would make sure that I would be like oh Jen you know what color case we'll speak with the designer and with editorial and whether the author wants input in terms of what color do you want the case what color do you want the foil on the spine you know various elements you know of the book where like for example I do I work on such a variety of books so it could be anything from like um you know women's fiction non lots of non-fiction cookbooks joke books graphic novels anything and everything and then obviously we um you're dealing with lots of different departments so on the whole, it will be editorial design, sales, sales for the UK, sales for Australia, 
and then a non-trade, non-trade sales department. And then obviously with the printers, so like our normal um, fiction mono titles, they're printed in the UK. So we use a printer called Clays. So I have a lot of interaction with them on a daily basis and sending them the orders to print. And then um, when we do color books, a lot of that's printed in Europe and the Far East. So it's all that getting estimates for how much it's gonna to cost to print a book. What's the most appropriate paper to put it on? How thick do we want the boards? If it's gonna have a sticker on it, what colors, what colors are the stickers? How big is the sticker gonna be? Who's giving me the sticker? Where's it gonna be on the cover? It's all the like logistical detail bits that you know kind of bring, bring all the elements together to kind of get the book to the printer. That's the thing. I don't think a lot of people realize that, that there is so much work that goes into creating the physical copy of the book. So, so do you, um, I'll, come to, I'll come to that in a second, sorry. Because um, I know with All My Lives Are True, we had a lot of back and forth about the text, didn't we? Because we wanted to show the text messaging and that they were like text messages mm -hmm. and not part of the, of the normal um, body of writing. And yes. so we had a lot of back and forth um, trying to work out the best way to do that. And I mm -hmm. know you kept saying, we could do it like this. And I was going, but it doesn't look right. And then you go, but we could do it like this. We came to an agreement in the end and I think it worked really well, but those are the things you have to deal with constantly, aren't they? It's um, depending on the book. So when it goes to a typesetter, the typesetter can do a lot of text design or um, on a lot of nonfiction titles, um, where there's, you know, there's charts and diagrams and things, we'll get a text designer in to do more like specific detailed work. But like um, on your books where like you need to indicate that something is an email or something is a text. If you have an idea, tell us exactly what that is and we'll try our best to, you know, get the typesetter to do that. I often, I often think sometimes rather than going back and forth, um, I feel like I'm putting you in touch with the typesetter and being like, this is exactly what Dorothy wants. Can you do it? Because <laughs> I think it, obviously, sometimes I do feel like the middleman, but you kind of need that for technical technical reasons. Because sometimes I can be like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> yes, you can do that. Yes, I, I understand. I know. Maybe I should. Maybe I should speak to the typesetter. Stares off dreamily. I'm joking. Juve, who actually do your typesetting, Amanda, who we work with there, she's a big fan. She's a very big fan. Oh, bless her. Tell her hello. Oh, she gets to see the book beforehand then. She gets to see it before it goes on sale. Um, she only ever sees the text and the EPUB. She only does the typesetting. So, yeah. That's what I was going to come to next. Uh, how does it work with ebooks? Do you work on ebooks as well, or do you just work mm. on the paper copies? We work on print edition and on the EPUB. So, once, you're, once you've approved all your text and it's gone to print, the next question I'll tell editorial is, can I, instead of prelims, I was like, can I have some e-limbs? So that'll be changing like the ISBN to the EISBN and various elements. And then I will supply the cover and the text back to the typesetter or to a EPUB convert, converter. They turn it into an EPUB, comes back to me, then goes back to editorial to check it. And then if there's anything that's been changed, what's changing, like spacing and things, then same as the print edition back and forth slightly not that much off most often it's not that much you know it's usually there once a print you know the text has been approved there's not much to change it's more a case of how it appears because often it's hard to even though fonts are embedded in epubs you can't distinguish if you're using sometimes like say a kindle or something you can't distinguish between the font because someone might choose 
to view it in something else, if that right. makes sense. Yes. So yeah, we'll send it to the EPUB converter and then it comes back to us for approval. And then we upload all our, so what part of my job is making sure all final files are uploaded onto our, um, we call it a dam. So especially an archive of all our files. So we put everything on there and then the EPUB goes on there and you put it into a, like a little, another folder and then group digital work their magic and distribute that <laughs> to wherever it needs to go. Okay. So again, ebooks, they actually do need a lot of work on them. So people think that ebook, they sh ebooks should cost less because they're not actually printed, but they still need a lot of work on them. They do need work doing on them. It's not like you just like, oh, we just whizzed out the print file. They had to be converted and all sorts of things. They actually need yeah. to be done. Work needs yeah. to be done on them. So yeah, definitely. There's definitely, you know, the EPUB converters do their work and it depends on the book as well. So like, for example, if you have like a cookbook, it wouldn't flow the same way as, a, you know, like a fiction text that would read. You'd have to have it presented more like a PDF. So there's different types of EPUBs as well and they involve different amount of work. So, yeah, and we've got specialist people that we use for certain EPUBs as well. So everyone's got their expertise and it doesn't come from nowhere. It's not just a case of hitting convert. There is lots of work going on in the background. We do often do um, EPUB only titles, so or, or EPUB firsts. So all the work that goes into like a print edition in terms of getting the text final happens in the background, but then you're just converting it to a EPUB. So yes, again, just I don't I can't stress this enough. There is so much work that goes into the production, the the making of a book that you should be paying mm. paying for it because you know even though it. People think, oh, it's an ebook. It's on my Kindle. It's on my e-reader. It doesn't actually cost anything to produce. It does actually. It's not the yeah. physical book that costs the much that much money. It's actually everything that goes into making the book come alive. I suppose. Do you go into bookshops or look online and go, I did that. I did that book. Oh yeah, all the time. My husband can't, as in he has to drag me away from bookshops. If you go into a bookshop, I'll be in there for at least two hours, and I'll be like, I worked on that one, that one. I produced that one. I printed that one. <laughs> Even the old books that I used to work on when I was working at previous publishers, I was like, oh, I used to work on that one. I printed that one. It's still the same thing. I went into a very untidy supermarket and the books weren't displayed as how I, li how I like them. So I kind of rearranged them. <laughs> I know what you do now, but do you have much to do with other authors, with authors or anything? Um, as I know, with, with um, I've interacted with you a few times. Last mm. time it was when I was getting, you organised getting the pages sent from clays the printers to my house um so that I could sign I could sign copies for waterstones mm -hmm. and and then you organized collecting them and having them sent back to clays so they could put them into the book do you do a lot of that or do you not really deal with authors that much we don't do that much directly with the authors my thing is making sure we have a beautiful book and it's just like we care so much and I just want perfect books. So uh, my main interaction, as you said, like would be sending you um, tip-ins and things to sign. The sign pages are called tip-ins, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, because I think I'm guessing lots of people who are listening won't know what a tip-in is. So. I don't want to ruin the illusion of our signed <laughs> books. <laughs> so I'm not going to reveal any more. <laughs> yeah. But um, like, um, I think you wanted to like... Um, I think was it last summer or the summer must have been the summer before you wanted to visit the printers 
Yes. So I, if you want to do something like that, I would organize that and liaise with them to make sure that they would claim to take good care of you and, you know, make sure you're not wearing open toe shoes um, and things like that, you know. Um, it's, you know, just that go between with the printer. So yeah. it's mainly that element. It's not that much author interaction. Really and one good. day I'm going to arrange that trip to the printers for you when we can, when we can. It's so amazing. I've been to Clay's before to sign. I, I went to sign some books and I saw, signed, I think I signed a thousand books. No, 500 books. It took forever. It took all day. <laughs> it's like signing the, the, the pages for the Waterstones. Yeah. All my life's are true. My goodness. It took me all night. I sat there all sort of, all bush, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And then by the, by the end of the night, I was like, oh, I, I, can't, I can't write anymore. But I did it. Um, yeah, so is there anything else that you think people who who are aspiring authors or just people who are just basically interested should know about your job? I think depending on who you work for is the type of book you, that you'll work on from a production point of view. So I'm quite lucky at Headline. We've got kind of, you know, very diverse you know, portfolio of books that we, you know, that we produce every single year and an extensive bad backlist. But the more complex books that you think, oh, this is really pretty and kids' books are really nice, <laughs> but it's just like, they're really hard. There's a lot of work, a lot of work that goes into them. So it's, it, it's very, I would say it's, it would be a challenging role if you went into some, you know, that kind of production. Um, yeah. But I think it's just the most important thing from a production point of view is keep your deadlines. Mm -hmm. It's doing costings, it's doing schedules. Like, um, for example, with um, your book, um, we've got Mobius in the US who want to, um, they've ordered some books, but due to the shipping time, we need to print your book early. So I would be involved in like, okay, our new deadlines for this, including the shipping time, is this. It's a lot of working backwards backwards and allowing enough time to do certain things or I'll often get asked do we have time to do this and it's, it's a lot of literally getting out a calendar and working dates backwards and how long working out how long things take to do a lot of logistics um, it's really fun in terms of you get to talk to everybody and get to know everyone in you know that works in your division so you you know you're a point of you're approachable you need to be approachable and you know just good communication really because you'll be dealing with loads of different suppliers different departments and you know just keeping on top of things so um if people wanted to do your job what how would they get into it do you think um a lot of what i've learned has been on the job even though i've got a degree I, you don't need a degree to kind of start out as in yeah a lot the first before I had any formal training in production, first six months I learned on the job. And then when I did go into like, I went, did a course like introduction to production. And when I came back from it, it's just like, I kind of knew all of this already. It's like the basic theory side of things. So um, you'll learn lots about paper, you'll learn lots about color and a lot of the, you know, the challenges we faced being in lockdown is, you're, if you're viewing something on a screen, it's lit from behind. The colours are not the same. The colours you view are not what colour prints as. So obviously, you know, working in production, that is not the same. So often, you know, it's it's hard to kind of 
view everything on screen and be happy that it's going to turn out. You kind of have to hope and pray that it turns out. It's getting better now because obviously we um, we can get things posted to us at home and everything. But at the very beginning, it was just like, please, please, please. Hopefully the colours turn out exactly how we want them to turn out. And then I've done actually done two colour books while we've been working from home and you know things have worked out <laughs> so things have worked out so oh, yeah fantastic it's doable right. oh thank you so much tina it's been really interesting talking to you and i'm really glad that we got a chance to speak because i do think it's important for people to know that there is so much that goes on behind the scenes and so much that goes into getting a book from someone's head to actually on the shelves oh. so you're most welcome. It was lovely talking to you, Dorothy. Thanks for joining me today on the Happy Author Podcast. I hope you found my chat with Senior Production Manager, Tina Paul, as interesting as I did. Keep writing, keep reading, keep happy. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.